Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And Just and I, actual reality. I'm going to get yelled at during the commercial break <laughs> if I don't uh, mention that. Uh, a new feature that we're going to have here on the Beer Show in 2020. Mike Fredolini's quiz yet to be named. I, you know, it's the Beer Show Weekly Quiz. Where did you come up with that name? I thought it's the Beer Show and we're going to do it weekly. So we might as well call it the Beer Show Weekly so Quiz. Sp- so sponsorship is open on the Sponsorship is open. So, so call now. Yes. We'll have all the news. Just hang tight, because at the end of the show, we're going to have this incredible quiz that everybody who's listening can play along with, yet they can't win anything. And technically, no one can win anything in here. But soon, someday, they will be able to. Just to put things into perspective, ladies and gentlemen, I've been working intimately on the show with both Mike and Tom and Ryan for about, what, seven, eight years, whatever it's been now. I have no idea. I have never seen this guy to my right more excited (laughs) about anything than he is about this quiz. It's my New Year's resolution, but next week... Don't think it's going to happen again, because if it's not great this week, we're never doing it again. <laughs> I'm really excited because I'm either going to dominate or just embarrass myself. I think some of the questions either you way, can't I... just know. That's the problem. By the but way, some uh... of them you will know. And Tom, those rules apply to just radio in general. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so let's introduce our weekly guest this week. And Absolutely. One of the things you guys do every week is you really do a good job of highlighting really cool <clears throat> breweries all around the region. Yeah, we have a first timer here. Uh, relatively new brewery, uh, getting uh, getting to be a couple years now, but uh, we have Tim Nelson, uh, founder of Earth Rider, along with Allison Rolfe, the head brewer. At Welcome Earth to the Rider show. Brewing. Thanks, for, thanks. We're really glad to be here. All Thank right, you. so let's let's first and foremost let's start out with the history of you guys, how how it came to be, and where you're at right now. As Tom mentioned, you are relatively new. Yeah, the brewery Earth Rider is uh, new. We opened in 2017. The uh, first. Beer hit the market in October, and um, our history in the Twin Ports uh, brewing scene is uh, I started in 1995 in that area. I opened up Fitker's Brewhouse Brewery and Grill. I did that for 20 years, and in 2015 sold out my uh, my 50% of that, that company. Allison, um, to, to speak for you, has been in the brew pub business as well. She was at uh, Thirsty Pagan in Superior, so we come from a... a, a a brewing background that we were able to brew a lot of different beers um, mm-hmm. and uh, do a tap room pre tap rooms. Really, we, we started and because uh, we were in brew pubs, mm-hmm, you know, so sure. we could do a lot of different batches a year at our height. At uh, Fickers Brewhouse, we we're doing over a uh, hundred different styles a year, so we were able to learn what people liked and what they really appreciated from us. And now uh, we've transferred that forward, rolled it forward into Earth Rider. Do you love not having to have food on your menu? Because having beer is hard enough, but when then you have to add on burgers and stuff, it makes it way, way more complicated. I yeah, imagine. the restaurant business is tricky. We really tough. Four restaurants that went along with that brew pub. And uh, we were making a lot, making and selling a lot of beer mm-hmm. at the time. And uh, But uh, the food is, although it drives sales, of course. Absolutely. People like to eat when they drink beer, and we... we <laughs> We definitely... Uh, Case in point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I have that too, but mostly that's beer, I think, with me. But, right. uh, but it is, it is, it's a pleasure to service our retail partners who are serving that food, and we can go in and help them pair our beers with their food, sure. and that's been a really uh, great thrill. And you're in the Twin Ports, meaning you're in Duluth or Superior? Where, where are you? We, uh, we, we, we've been self-distributing in both states. We, we consider ourselves a bi-state brewery. We're, we're right on the, right on the tip of Lake Superior, uh, right at the base of the high bridge, um, on the superior side of the harbor. Uh, but we can see Duluth and, um, uh, like I said, my previous 20 years had been on the Duluth side, and so it's been fun to and validating to uh, be able to bring our beers further afield and, sure. and enter this market for well, one. A lot of cool history kind of in the area, and, and it sounds like your brewery and tap room are kind of taking part in that. Why don't you tell the listeners kind of what's going on with the when historical When I left uh, my former brewery and I uh, was looking for the next place. I remember uh, August Schell's famous quote from the 1800s that you can't make great beer without a great location. And <laughs> I, I searched high and low on uh, up and down the river valley and on both sides of the, the Lake Superior shores. And I found a spot that was really magical. I didn't even know how magical it was. Our tap room is in the former uh, Northern Brewing uh, Tide House that was built in 1912. Cool. Uh, pre-prohibition. Mm-hmm. Uh, those who don't know history of of how that worked, breweries had tide houses and they'd build taverns basically for people to lease back with the furniture, with the bar, with the mirrors and all everything. And then they had to buy the, yeah. the brewery's beer. And so <laughs> we're we're continuing that. We are we're a tide house, but we all we are all in the same campus. Um, we're a, over a two block stretch. And um, the city of Superior actually vacated Ogden Avenue between the tap room and the brewery. Um, people that go to brewery tap rooms uh, a lot are like, "Wait, this is this is a tavern. This is an old Wisconsin tavern. Mm-hmm. This isn't a brewery." Mm-hmm. But we say, "Oh, the brewery is right over there across the the, the street, the festival yeah. field." Yeah. Oh wow! And um, and we bring the beer over into the the historic tavern, and and um, it's all Earthrider beer, and that's all we serve, and. Yeah, it's been a really magical experience. So I I mentioned to you in the green room earlier that uh, when you come on the show, I like to bombard the guests with really hard-hitting questions. I bet. I'm joking. Bet. Yeah. But when you when you sold, where yeah. are you located? <laughs> when you sold yeah. in 2015, and and you made the decision to leave Fitkers, was the goal all along to create your own your own identity and kind of come up with your own tapper? More did you decide on? I really miss the industry, or was it a combination of both? No, I left uh, the former brewery with a purpose. I had the name. I knew that I wanted to do uh, have a, a packaging brewery. That I in Minnesota were you know brew pubs I say we but when I was in a brew pub business we couldn't self distribute we couldn't distribute out beyond our four right. walls so for me it was exciting to bring that beer further afield I was really proud of our brewers we had won several national um, medals at that point and I really believed in what we were doing and some of those people have come with me and um, and Allison has come from another brewery who she's one uh, she's a very decorated brewer as well. Um, from her former brewery, and uh, together we're you know it's been really fun to 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 feel that validation with the public generally, and be able to bring it places, and they can actually buy the beer at the store next door. And so, I, oh, oh, I'm sorry, Tim, you were the brewer at Fitkers, correct? I wasn't. No, you, um, okay. So neither yeah. of you, the owners, were right. Is correct. that okay? Correct. Uh, yeah, the Hoops brothers were the only brewers I worked with at Fitkers Brewhouse. Mike Hoops, who was at currently at Town Hall Brewery, mm-hmm. he's been there since he left Fitkers. Okay. Um, probably 20 years ago now. Sure. And then when he left, he said, hey, my brother Dave's moving back from San Francisco. Yeah. He's been 
a lead brewer at, at Pyramid, and um, he'd like to move back into the area. And we had one phone call, and I said, yep, bring, come on, Dave, let's do it. And uh, um, so we worked together up until our departure, and sure. uh, we opened up Hoops Brewing together. And um, as a, we have a consulting group as well called BevCraft. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, we worked on Earthrider. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Very Because we've had Fitkers in, and it was always this... I mean, you guys have been in the beer business a very, very long time before people were crazy about every brand new beer that opened up. You guys were doing it when it wasn't so easy to get the traction of something other than the domestic macro beers. We were education first. We were educating people about craft beer one mm-hmm. pint at a time. We opened up as a multi-tab. Lake Superior Brewing actually shared uh, a, a space. We had a window that looked in on Lake Superior and we featured their beer along mm-hmm. with Summit and Shells cool. and um, some of the other breweries that were in the area at the time. Um, but we were always craft beer centric. When Lake Spear bre- moved out of Fitkers, we decided to put in our own brewery and continue with the brew pub model. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that was in 19, uh, late 96. Oh, you know, yeah, and I, well I do before. want to get to the beer here in a second, but one of the things that I always tell people, I mean, the beer, the beer novice already is well aware of this, but that part of the state, the Duluth area, is so underrated when it comes to beer. I mean, you've got so many great breweries and you guys uh, right, right there with them. I mean, that area itself is... Is, is a destination for beer nerds like all of us. It really is. Yeah, it's really come on. It's been amazing to watch. I think it's happening everywhere, northeast Minneapolis or, you know, a lot of places. But um, for the first 15 years, I thought we were just doing great. Oh, man, the, beer is really, the business is picking up. This is awesome. And then all of a sudden we go to other places like, wait, this is happening everywhere. Right. You know, this has been a, a really a movement, really. The craft beer movement um, has been Fantastic. Of course, with the taproom uh, bill that happened a few years ago, we at the same time, we were working with Town Hall to be able to distribute our beer. Surly was working in order to have tap rooms, and um, one was successful, one wasn't, and uh, one, one initiative. And uh, so, um, yeah, it's been really neat. It's really, really exciting to see that happen. All right, Earthrider Brewing Company, the guest here on the beer show. We'll get to the beer with Allison here in a second, but I want to make you all aware of our new friends at Dasco Label, and that's right. They have been working with us for a couple of months now, but they're not just a label company. They are beverage labeling experts. If you need a rush order of custom labels for your new seasonal brew, Dasco is going to be able to help you out. Maybe you're interested in bringing your beverage labeling in-house. Get a hold of my friends at Dasco. They're going to help you maximize your entire brand potential. They have 60 years. Yes, six zero, 60 years of experience Uh, and they have the expertise that you're going to need to succeed. You can learn more about how they can help you from the creative development to labeling at Dasco.com. They are local and family-owned and operated, and mostly they are here to help you and your brewery grow. Uh, Check them out online. It's Dasco.com, D-A-S-C-O.com. Dasco, local labeling solutions for all things beverage. All right, Allison, let's go here. Let's talk about the beer because uh, you just poured something, and you called it a... It has coffee, but it doesn't look like it's a coffee beer. What is this? I know. So we went a different direction when we were making coffee beer. We decided to work hand-in-hand with Duluth Coffee Company, which is a really amazing coffee company in Duluth. Uh, They go and they... Uh, they go to single farms and single sources, and then they bring them back and roast them. And they kind of on that craft beer education, gaining traction, they're really doing that with coffee um, cool. in, in our Duluth area. Um, they're really talking about, uh, you know, where the coffee comes from, the people that grow it, how it's processed, the different types of processing and roasting. We went and started 
started from scratch with them and we started talking about what flavors the the coffee could bring in and what flavors we would be normally seeing that with where like we would add hops and we took the hops out and put coffee in. Mm-hmm. So this is a really, really simple recipe as far as uh, a really good English malt and that really carries that malt comp, uh, style to it. And then all of those flavors where we would normally have hops, we brought coffee into that. So, I mean, are you including bitterness with that? There's a teeny bit of hops in there, um, mostly just in... But, I mean, in, the, the coffee, I mean, mm-hmm. can kind yes, of... Yes, the coffee brings in bitterness. So if we made a regular pale ale, yeah. like a regular pale ale, and put coffee into that, it would be horribly bitter, astringent, and yeah. really unbalanced. So... Um, it was a really, it was a really big leap of faith for us as brewers to be like, "All right, you're promising us that <laughs> you're going to make this coffee that's going to fill these holes, right?" Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Yeah." Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, you've Got been it. to like a a, a, a coffee house where they're mm-hmm. talking about these artisanal mm-hmm. blends, where they're talking about orange and sure. chocolate and all these different flavors. And you're like, eh. you know, it's it's some of the same faces that people make when you talk about hops. Well, this one's going to have tropical fruit, guava, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, the hop, you know, that's you know, it's not actual fruit. It's mm-hmm. it's these flavors and compounds coming out of both the plant and the and the the handling, you know, mm-hmm. whether that's roasting, roasting. or mm-hmm. I, I um, taste roasted coffee in this, absolutely. like the actual roasting function. When you smell it, it smells like a roasted coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the aroma is unbelievable mm-hmm. on this beer, and and yeah, you know, it it's 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 nice because uh, you know, again, some of the times when you get, and I love a, a, a coffee stout. Mm-hmm. You know, I do love indulging in something deeply roasted and cold. But there's this is more delicate, more nuanced. I think. Um, Easier drinking, um, so it's it's a fun kind of different take on that, and it, it, and um, people are really responding to this as we mentioned before. Just took home the gold medal, the coffee division at the Great American Beer Festival. Did we mention that before? Because that seems like a big deal. It's I kind of a big deal. That. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is the premier. Um, How could it have won a gold medal in the? Because Allison's not even wearing it. And I'm going to tell you, <laughs> if I had a gold medal beer, you know it would be hanging around my neck every single second of the day? It would be like if I ever became a curler and won a gold medal, you'd see that medal around my neck you would wear every in the single day. Yeah. We did When we actually received the medal, um, we did spend a day... Just walking taking, around. taking turns. <laughs> like the Stanley Cup. Oh, yeah. that's yeah, great. Right. Selfies with it, you know, just taking our turns with that's it. That's amazing. So I mean, what, when oh, you're, oh, go no, ahead. no, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, when you're approaching, you know, obviously there was an, a local angle with the with the coffee house that you approached up in Duluth. But I'm wondering, you know, because it's because craft beer has made such a transformation over the last 10 to 15 years, when you're approaching a coffee house to do this, do they kind of go, we don't want you to use our coffee for the, or do they, do they love the, the collaboration idea from the get go, essentially? Actually, didn't they, didn't they approach Oh, they came they, to you yeah, guys. Oh, they, then you they answered they my question. Us. I yeah. guess because I always look at it like, uh, Tom, you've, you've known this with certain brewers. Well, I don't want that involved with my product or whatever. You just, but, uh, but again, this is such a unique and, and different idea that doesn't even shock me that they're the ones that came to you. That's, mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is this easily, is it easily duplicatable? I mean, can you just keep making this or is, is it a very difficult, you said it's kind of an easy formula, but it might not be so easy to get it's, this exact It's a taste. really simple beer, but, okay. I, but as, um, as you may may or may not know, making simple beers are very the difficult, hardest, right? yeah. especially consistently um, and well. 
Um, yeah, and by the way, Mike, with her boss sitting next to her, she's going to say, yeah, this is pretty easy. <laughs> well, no, but it, it's uh, super hard. is your background, are you a scientist or are you a brewer? Or how, did, how did your background, because I always am amazed at how these brewers can make the same taste mm-hmm. over and over That's and over when, yeah. when everything's different. You know, all the hops could be different. All the, the roasting can be different. Everything can be different. Right. We spend a lot of time uh, taking, like, measurements mm-hmm. and recording them and trying sure. to, like, make that as consistent as possible every single time. Um, but with this beer in particular, it, it does change every batch. And um, I can definitely taste it as a brewer because mm-hmm. I taste every batch of sure. it. Uh, because, it, and we've even worked with, especially Charlie, doing the roasting at uh, Duluth Coffee. Um, okay, can, let's talk about how the roast and how long you roast it and the temperatures that you roast it to make a difference mm-hmm. in this beer. And so I think that each time we make it, we've been making it better and better and better, better trying to get what is that perfect roast sure. for, for this beer. Can I ask a really stupid question? Please. Normally Mike asks the stupid question, <laughs> but I just got, you know. <laughs> He's taking my spot. I just, you're drinking a little mm-hmm. bit. I'll just, I'll do it for you. How is it not ending up dark? How do you keep this a good? Because I was going to ask that, so mm-hmm. thank you for doing so. So there is actually some color pickup in it, um, but um, it's a really, really light beer. Like I said, it's just uh, so it easy. is actually picking up some color from the it roasted is. beans. It is. It's just mm-hmm. in 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 the. Total so when we're volume, getting a coffee stout, not, yeah, in the, the coffee co- stout, the coffee's not making that stout dark. No. Okay, we always thought that. It was just like coffee mixed. Okay, I no. I didn't know that. There you go. All right, see, that uh, was a pretty smart question, Tom. This is why Jeez. Allison has her job <laughs> and we have ours. our job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Earth Rider Brewing Company, the guest here on the Beer Show, courtesy of our friends from Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits. Two tastings this weekend, per usual. Tomorrow at the South Minneapolis location, you can sample it from 5 to 7 p.m. And in White Bear Lake, from 3 to 5 p.m. on Highway 61 and 4th Street in downtown White Bear Lake. You get to do these Tom, and you get to do this for free. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Come on down. We have, I think we have eight Earth Riders right now on the shelf, uh, which is awesome. You know, you heard about some of these beers that we've talked about. We can go through the full lineup, but I mean, uh, the variety that we have is really great. You know, from this award winning coffee uh, ale all the way to some. Um, oh, right there. Uh, Tom, you're not good at multitasking. The, the, brand, I know. So the brand new sour, uh, which is awesome. We got to get a taste of the Black Bacrush, uh, which is their tart wheat ale with blackberries. This one just came out on the heels of a very popular Rasbacrush, which is their raspberry version. So let me if ask this for you, Tom. Like, the, if I've never tried this, do you have me try something that's unique from them, or do you have me buy their number one selling beer to get a flavor of the beer? Typically, we approach it the way we approach anything, is we try and gauge your kind of comfort level. What palate you would have. The, your palate, okay. you know, where you're coming from. Do you generally drink beers? Do you generally drink a style of beer? Mm-hmm. And then kind of show you a few different things. And, you know, people will want to try the things that are off the beaten path just mm-hmm. for curiosity's sure. sake. Generally, but uh, you know we, you know you certainly could try all the beers if you want to kind of uh, key in and 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 try and get some more out of it. It's such a great learning opportunity to have someone from the brewery, uh, a represent a representative uh, to talk about what what 
it, you're actually tasting in your mouth. It goes so much further than when I'm trying to tell you on the radio, hey, it tastes like this. Sure. Well, <laughs> when you have it in your mouth, you pick up those those notes, and, and you can appreciate that and take that home and enjoy that uh, as you go through a six-pack or what have you. All what right. was the second beer we're right. tasting? So the second one was the Hellas. It's it's dry. Are we getting a real dry flavor on that, or is that just me? Just kind of when we were talking about the kind of simple beers being difficult, mm-hmm. you know, the Hellas is a great example of that, Hellas Lager, traditional style. And I think the dry is just your personality. That's yeah. true. <laughs> it just carries over directly into the beer. Well, let's discuss some of the other beers. You, you brought yeah. an entire... First of all, here's what I love about these guys. They came in here, and he said, is this allowed to bring... And I said... Absolutely, you're now my new favorite guest. <laughs> the fact that you asked permission, Tim, was was absolutely outstanding. But I do want to talk about more of the of the beer that you guys produce over at Earthrider. Yeah, what what? Why don't you introduce us to the full lineup, really? Uh, <clears throat> so our our flagship, uh, so pretty much everything that's out all all year round is our pale ale, uh, which is superior uh, superior pale ale, our Caribou Lake IPA. Uh, our Hellas uh, Precious Material, mm-hmm. uh, and then our North Tower Stout. We also won a medal with that, uh, a, a, bronze, a bronze medal in the World Beer Cup two years ago. Oh, two years ago. Like okay. right out of the gate. I was going to say, <laughs> so much the year you open, yeah. you want, that is that is spectacular. Immediately, that's awesome. So it was our pressure. second batch. Was it really? <laughs> we weren't even going to go to the awards. Got to get all the way up to yeah. the We right weren't now. even going to go to the awards ceremony, cause we, but then actually uh, O'Hare was shut down, flights were canceled. Oh, all right, we might as well go to the awards ceremony, and then they called our name for a bronze medal. We're oh, in this wow. giant, wow. basically, stadium. You're kidding. And we're like, what? Oh. <laughs> it was quite a moment, and... It, very validating and, and gratifying. Was so. it that first, I could finally take a breath moment for you, opening up a new brewery? Yeah, it really was. I bet it was. And people around us were cheering. It's such a supportive community, mm-hmm. craft beer. For sure. Um, and we had people from uh, South America in front of us and somebody from Colorado behind us. And it was just, everybody's like, yeah, you guys, way to go. Because we got to know each other just sitting sitting sure. there drinking beer in the in the auditorium. So, um, so you almost yeah. didn't even go. We weren't going to go. No, I was like, nah. And you know what they would have done? They would have said, they're not even here. Don't give them the Bronx. Move them down. Yes. <laughs> Called out your name. Uh, okay, next up on the beer will be Miller Lite that one Right, night. right, yeah. exactly. So let me, one thing that I've noticed about your beers that I don't see on many other beers is you have the SRM number on there. Oh, yeah. Do you want to walk us through what the SRM number is? Sure. SRM is standard reference measurement. It's just kind of, I like to think of it as a, a zero or a one to 40 kind of color spectrum mm-hmm. just to kind of give you an idea of when you open that can what what's coming out so of it. So the lower the number the lighter I assume. Correct. Okay. So when you look at the the Duluth coffee and you're like, "Oh, I'm going to open up this can." And you're like, "What?" And it, well, it has an SRM of 4. Mm-hmm. So, um yeah, it's just kind of a a just a way of telling you how how light or dark a beer is going to be. Cool. All right, let's step aside for a quick moment. Uh, if people want to find out more information about you guys, everything's available on the website, I would assume, correct? Yeah, earthrider.beer. And you are all over social media, too? Yeah, all your favorite channels. Awesome. Okay, we're going to step aside for a quick moment. As I mentioned earlier, two tastings for the featured beer show guest of the week, South Minneapolis tomorrow from 5 to 7 p.m. and Saturday in White Bear Lake from 3 to 5 p.m. Do not touch that radio dial. We'll be right back with... Our guest, and of course, Mike Fredolini's long-awaited and anticipated quiz. You're listening to The Beer Show on <laughs> so Score exciting. North and scorenorth.com. My brother, uh, Brad, is the director of brands for us, and um, we, you know, it's, uh, we talked about a lot, argue a little bit, and um, 
Came, we knew we wanted something that spoke to the craft, spoke to the Twin Ports, which is a little bit edgy, a little bit rough, a little bit, you know, it's a little bit working class, especially where our brewery's at. And um, we really wanted to represent what the beer was about. And uh, Nick Robleski, who's a fairly renowned uh, regional woodcut artist, uh, had just recently moved to the Twin Ports. And um, he had been recommended by a fr- our friend at the Minnesota Marine Museum in Winona as somebody we should uh, consider. And um, and we met Nick, and he's a great guy, and his art's incredible, and it really fits what we're doing. With Are the these existing pieces that he had They're made? not. They're commissioned oh, um, specifically. specifically for these cans. Wow. Right? wow. That's do you really trade cool. beer for it, or yeah. do you have to pay him for this? <laughs> he does get paid. Oh, he does get paid. Yeah. Oh, that's, well, one of the biggest ever, and where this has, what was it, Brooklyn Brewery, yeah. the designer yeah. of their cans invented the I Love New York symbol. You yeah. know, he's oh, one of the wow. most prevalent uh, designers ever in the, in the world, designers. Uh, graphic designers in the world, and he only gets paid a pallet of beer. No, I can't. He's very famous. I can't remember his name, but I don't know graphic <laughs> design. But he's so incredibly famous that he gave that I Love New York to New York. Hmm. Then he used it later on in his life, and they sued him for using his own design. That's insane. How mad would you be? <clears throat> How mad would you but be? But yeah, he still to this day gets a couple of cases of Brooklyn delivered to the, his his graphic arts yeah, okay. office. And by the way, Mike, to answer your question, yes. I work in radio. Stuff gets stolen all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what this game show is going to be in just a little bit, too. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's that's really cool. And, and honestly, I, I bring this up often on the show, and Tom can attest to this, it, it, from the retail side of things, you have to have eye appeal. You have to catch the eye of the consumer. Otherwise, you can make the greatest beer ever, but if it doesn't catch the eye of somebody new... You're fighting an uphill battle. The other thing about Nick's woodcuts, they are very colorful when they come to us. And we, we another thing we, we, we struggle with, we strip the color, his colors out and we put our own color to it. We want to have the Superior Pale Ale is the, in Duluth and Superior. They say, I'll have a, I'll have a blue yeah. and I'll, or I'll have a red, <laughs> you know, we, sure. we, not to oversimplify, but we want to simplify our story so people recognize line. us on, on, on <laughs> the Well, wall. talk about Earthrider, too. What is the kind of story behind that name, and how did he come to that? Well, it, it actually, it, it came to me, it was, on, it was written on the top of a building r- real near us on a, on a piece of plywood. Someone had painted it on there. That was the fairly uh, kind of a deep story just in itself. But we live in a, in a, in a place where there's a lot of earth riders. Big ships are in our backyard. Mm-hmm. Uh, trains literally go right behind our, our brewery and shake the brewery. Um, we're on a trucking route. We have Peterbilt's a block away. Um, it speaks to adventure. It speaks to, I think, craft drinkers, uh, um, consumers that, that enjoy adventure and, and want to travel. So it, it kind of fit. It can be on a, it can be on a mountain bike or it could be on a, a demolition derby car. And it it kind of speaks to all of our personalities as yeah, well. Yeah, it's, it's all that's about cool. kind of kind of creating that brand, and it just that's what kind of jumped out at me with these woodcuts is just kind of that sense of northern Minnesota, northern Wisconsin, that outdoors feel. Um, you know, whether that's you know uh, outdoor sports or you know enjoying craft beer and just kind of that uh, ideal um, speaks to me simply, quickly. Uh, you know, it's clear. And then you kind of have the color delineation between the styles, and I think it I think it works really well. So, so. so Tim, I, w- I want to ask you a question. You know, I, I always like getting you know the backstory and kind of the information right from the from the horse's mouth. So when you decided to leave Fitkers and you opened up this brewery in 2017, came about. You obviously are now at a place where you can kind of relax, as I mentioned in the previous segment. But do you wish now that? You had left a little bit sooner, or was the timing was the timing perfect for you? Uh, it, it was. 
okay. the timing was. It was time to... It, it, yeah, it's about all I can say about that. It sure. was really time to go. And, um, well, not and, even that. Just, just, just not it was, for me, it was but the right for, time. for everybody. It yeah, was, uh, yeah. That was doing its thing. It's, it's still going, doing great. And for me, I wanted to challenge myself. And, That's cool. And, um, and I, just, I, I guess I just wanted to bring the beer further afield and feel that feel that love from other people. And here's yeah. what I love about that answer, because you were a guy that had a lot of experience in the industry and had a lot of knowledge to, to kind of take that leap, but obviously you've learned even more in the two years that you've been doing this, haven't oh, you? Oh, it's a tremendous amount. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm one of the founders of the Minnesota Craft Brewers Guild. I sat on the board of directors, um, uh, sat on the legislative committee with uh, um, uh, Stutrud and, and uh, Ted Marty from Shells and Omar from Surly. And, you know, I know these people... And they're my friends, and um, I have deep respect for them. And uh, but I've learned so much about what they've been doing um, as a pub brewer. It, I, I didn't realize, or I, you know, it, it's the business has changed a lot too since you know since 1995 when we when I first opened the pub business to 2017 when the the distributing brewery opened. A uh, tremendous amount of change had happened, and I had listened to a couple of your other podcasts. How the industry was, everybody was growing twenty yeah. to thirty percent a year, just go, go, go. And we were the same, um, opening up more restaurants and more or, uh, tied pubs to our brew pub, and um, and now things are leveling off. I think, and and you really you do have to stand out from the very first sip. Otherwise, people have other options. They're going to mm-hmm. move on. Yeah, I've always said the. Um I'll get an email maybe once every six weeks, two months, or whatever from someone that says, "Hey, opening up a new spot. Do you have any advi- any advice?" And to, to which I want to say, "Why the hell are you emailing me? I have no idea." But the one <laughs> win thing, a gold medal well, quickly. But the the one thing I've always said is, if you are not making great beer right now, do not open your doors because you will get swallowed up whole. And I just think that that's fair advice for anyone. I, I totally agree. I mean, because the competition's just way too good right and now. And there is there is room for the the small three barrel systems. If you're going to service your neighborhood and you want to uh, do that, I think there's there's room for that. And, and that can be pretty successful. Very yeah. very successful. Mm-hmm. People are appreciative. They want to have their local neighborhood mm-hmm. uh, brew pub. So I couldn't agree more. Can you convince someone to do it in Carver? Exactly. It's up and coming. Although yeah. maybe you well, guys got a. It's, uh, it's te- did you guys get a, it's a tec- stoplight now? Or? Uh, we did. We got yes. our second one. Um, <laughs> so we're really going places. And we do. I, I, I Now I'm going to get an email from the guys from Tram House in Chaska because it is technically only, I think, four miles from my house. Oh, now you're getting greedy. But I got to I gotta drive four miles. Yeah, I, mean, I, I wanted to cross the street from my house. He wants so it I right in the stumble. kids' playground. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Drop the kids off at school and go right to the tap room. Uh, all right. So are you ready for... Mike oh, Fratelloni's beer show. What are we calling this? I think we're calling it the first ever beer show weekly quiz. All right. But this is the first ever. And I'm letting uh, our guy, Brendan, <laughs> select the game show music for said quiz. So, Brendan, whenever you're ready. Oh, there we go. I love it. So let me explain the rules just a little bit. Are you ready? So the way this is going to happen, I'm going to ask about five questions. I do have a tiebreaker in case we need it. If you know the answer after I ask the question, yep. you can go ahead and yell out your name. I'll stop asking the question at that point in time, and you say the answer. If you get that answer right, you get two points. If not, you're out for that question, and then we go to a multiple choice. We make it a little easier, but the multiple choice, you can only get one point for it. So okay. if you're a little bit behind and you know it, you got to play a little bit. Okay, can you turn this down? Just yeah, a just a little bit. bit. Can you bring it down just a little bit? Bro? All right, so absolutely you, fantastic. We're going to everybody clear of the rules. So if you know the name... If you know the answer, you're going to yell out your name. So, Tom, what name will you yell out? I will yell out Tom. Nice. So, our players today are going to be Elson Rolf, the head brewer 
from Earthrider. Tim Nelson, the owner of Earthrider. Peter, are you going to play with this? No, he's not going Peter's to. Okay. This one then Chris Reavers, he is the head of the beer show and the star of Garage Logic Podcast. And okay, then Tom Boland, you. Elevated Beer Wines and Spirits, and just a handsome, handsome guy. Okay. Are we supposed to write down our answers? You did you not just listen to the he thing? You just explained it. If See, you Marty know, Buzz if, killing his bit. If you know the answer, you just yell it out. I gotcha. Otherwise, I'll get to the multiple choice and then you will write it down and then we'll go through after I say the answer. But okay. Why male models. Okay. You ready? Number yeah. one. <laughs> number one. Question number one. What brewer is largely credited for inventing the strain of yeast used in many of today's loggers? Tom. Tom. I'm going to say Budweiser. It is not Budweiser. Tom, you are out. Okay. (laughs) Is it A, Heineken? (laughs) B, Budweiser? No one write that one down because he just said it wasn't Budweiser. (laughs) C, Carlsberg? Or D, Beck? Go ahead and write down your answers. Mm. But I thought we were supposed to say our name out loud. No, you write down the answers now. Now it's oh, multiple choice quiz. And it's only so worth one it's point. It's worth one point now. Got it. All right. Wait, do I still write it down? You can write it down, but you can't get the point. You're well, out. No points. Okay, <laughs> okay so um, you go ahead and, and Reavers, what uh, did you guess? Oh, oh, oh. Go ahead. We'll reveal. Yes. Uh, Beck. You, it, it is not Beck. Dang it. How about I, you? I had Beck's as well. Anybody else? Carlsberg. Carlsberg is the correct answer. Oh! Dang it. So a little known fact about Carlsberg is the history dating back to 1847. Carlsberg assisted in the modern revolution of popularity of loggers. Way back in 1833, they invented something called Saccharomyces Carlsberg Genesis, which is the yeast used in Heineken and just about every other logger today. They get a point on that, maybe. Uh, nice. She gets a point. Allison gets yeah, a point. No, I'm talking about Carlsberg getting a point on their yeast. I think so. I mean, that's yeah, the only percentage? that's only clean. Well, she is a brewer. She should have known that one. And that's she very did. impressive. Good okay, job. very well done, Allison. You yeah, take you a dramatic the segment by lead. actually getting one right, <laughs> yes. like the rest of us. Okay, now remember, if you call out your name, you get to answer first. Right. That's worth two points. But you get knocked out. But you get knocked out. It, so it hurt me. Question number two: Non-alcoholic beer. Contains typically as much alcohol Allison. At, as oh, Allison. <laughs> she tried to jump the question because which was smart. Allison, your guess for that part is uh, less than 0.5 percent. No, okay. let me reread the question. Question number two: Non-alcoholic beers typically contain as much alcohol as what piece of fruit? Ooh. Piece of fruit. Does anybody so anybody can yell out their name if they think they know it. If they don't, okay, we'll pass that. Now we're okay. going to. Is it A banana? B pear? C pineapple or D kiwi? Write down your answers. This time we'll go backwards and we'll go to Tom. Tom, what answer did you have? I don't know this one, but I selected one of the options and went with pear. Pear is not right. Oh! Allison, do you know? Pineapple. It is not pineapple. Tim, do you know? I'll go kiwi then. Kiwi. Well, you'd have to <laughs> write down your answer. Did, uh, it is not kiwi. Believe it or not, the answer is banana. Banana! Wow. Several studies have shown that ripe bananas contain approximately 0.5 ABV. Which was... Which is kind of shocking. So Allison knew the number. I'm going to give her a half yeah, a point. give a half point. Congratulations. <laughs> half point to Allison. There you okay. go. Four contestants, and we've got 1.5 points. Well, I didn't know how easy or hard this would be. Okay. Well, that's fine. Um, number three. Number three. Question number three. In which, in which, excuse me, in which year was the beer can introduced? 
Probably no one's going to guess this. So, is it A, 1905, B, 1920, C, 1925, or D, 1935? Well, it can't be 1920. Get your answers. Then this it time, we will uh, ask Tim first. Tim, what uh, answer oh, did you have? I put 1935. 1935 is correct. Did oh, anyone yeah. else have 1935? I did. Allison did. Well, wait, do Allison I get a half point? point because I said it can't be 1920 because of Prohibition? No, but that's all right. So <laughs> the official birthday of the beer can <laughs> is January 24th, point. 1935. <laughs> that's the day the cans of Kruger's Finest Beer went on sale in Richmond, Virginia. That's pretty impressive. That's not bad, Michael. Okay, question number four. Number four. Let me get there. Hold on Still one second. Still time to catch up. What Anyone can win. is the world's <laughs> biggest beer brand? I'll repeat it. What is the world's biggest beer brand? Wait, wait, wait. You're talking individual? Uh, yes, beer brand, not beer company. Okay, gotcha. What is the world's biggest beer brand? Mm-mm. All right, no one's going to scream it out. Is it A, Bud Light, B, Budweiser, C, Snow, or D, Qingtao? Oh, God. I get to go first. Reavers, what do you guess? Qingtao. It is not D, Qingtao. Dang it. I'm wrong this time. Okay, Allison was wrong. Tim, what answer did you have? I'll go with Budweiser. It is not Budweiser. Bud Light, baby! It is not Bud Light. No! Oh, that was a very, very tough one because I did not know this. This happens to be the brand Snow, which holds down the top spot for another year. It sold an estimated 101 million hectoliters of beer last year in China. It is China's number one beer. That's the equivalent of 2,677,000,000 gallons of beer. And also a fun fact about Snow, also responsible for a hit song in Former in the late 90s. That's that's the the head brewer. (laughs) Okay, so no one one got that one. He he stopped a very... Okay, well, we're almost there. Hold Very on. I got to find my sheets. God, we suck at this game. Okay. I, I, uh, okay, this is uh, question number five. Which beer brand's tagline, re- reassuringly expensive, was dropped in 2007? Let me say that again. Which beer brand's tagline, reassuringly expensive, was was dropped in 2007. Tom. Tom. Heineken. It was not Heineken. Come on! Okay, no one I else quit. is going to jump in. A, Peroni. B, Stella Artois. C, Newcastle. Or D, Miller High Life. Write down your answers. Allison, do you have your answer? No idea. So it's A, Peroni. B, Stella Artois. C, Newcastle. Or D. I'll go with A. It is not Peroni. Tim, your answer. Oh, I put down Peroni as well. It is not Peroni. Anyone else have? It's Did you be, guess? It's got to be. It's got to be Stella. That's what I was going to guess. It too. is B. Stella Artois. I Both of you guys get a point. <laughs> Reavers no, and Tom get each get a, get a point. point. Oh, I thought. Oh, you didn't. No. I buzzed in. All right. So real quick. Unfortunately, Stella Artois was not always lived up to its high end claims of advertising. It has nothing to do with the quality of the beer, but the association with lager louts. Stella was the choice of binge drinkers and hooligans and pub brawlers, earning it the nickname Wife Beater. Oh and they wanted God. to get rid of that nickname and changed it to Reassuringly Expensive. Wow. 
All right. That's how you change your clientele. So let's just let's go to board. the scoreboard. <laughs> the scoreboard is, because that was technically our, our last oh question, although I do have one more. We're going to play one more question because yeah, this is kind of fun. Question. So uh, right now we have Allison at two and a half points, Tim at one, Reavers at one, Peter's not uh, I, even playing. I gave myself a quarter point for not for knowing it wasn't nice. There you go. Uh, Peter's not even playing, and he's tied with Tom. <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> question Peter number six. Peter hasn't embarrassed himself at all. No, this, uh, Reavers could take the lead with this question, and he may just know it. Um, and uh, we'll see how everyone else does. Which NFL stadium has the biggest beer and wine selection? Reavers. Reavers. I'm going to say I'm going to go with Dallas. No. Is it Atlanta? (laughs) The largest beer selection. Is it A, U.S. Bank Stadium? Is it B, Mercedes-Benz Superdome? Is it C, Paul Brown Stadium? Or is it D, CenturyLink Field? It's a tough one. I'm going with U.S. Bank, baby. All right, Let's so Tom has U.S. Bank. Allison has U.S. Bank. Tim? I'll go with Mercedes. It is none of those. Oh! <laughs> Sadly, the largest selection by far comes in Seattle, where the Seahawks CenturyLink Field was found oh, to sell Seattle. 139 Jeez. different beers and wines, wow. including 49 red wines, 29 whites, 6 rosés, 4 sparklers, Ugh. 30 mostly craft local beers, and 30 macro beers. No one got on that, but so guys. far, congratulations to Allison Rolf, who has two and a half points yeah. and wins the first ever Beer Show Weekly Quiz. Could put the nicely done. right next to your GABF gold medal. Right. Allison, do you, uh, do you know what you gain by winning said game today? Respect. You win our warmest personal regards. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you will forever be in the lead until we play next week when someone may outscore you. Yes. Well done. Or wow. based upon the based upon the current well, now success, I know probably I d- not. It's hard to tell what people will know. So oh, if you want it to be challenging. Yeah, so easy. if it gets the week, like in order to call it weekly, we have to do it one more time at least. Right? Yes, so yes. Then it would be weekly. I think. Well, um, Reavers is going to have a stern talking with me after this <laughs> to see if it will. Because oh, why are good. you naming it weekly? We're never doing that again. <laughs> All right, let's get back to the beer here. Earthrider, the one time quiz. Uh, <laughs> Earthrider Brewery is the guest here on the beer show. Technically in superior, but we're taking ownership of you guys here in the great state of Minnesota. I did want to ask you about that very thing. Because I know a lot of breweries, and I think we first learned about this from our friends at Lining Kugels, just how weird that dynamic is by whether you're a Twin Cities brewery bringing on Duluth beer or, or whatever, if you're uh, outside of this particular market. It's just an interesting little animal that you have to tackle, isn't it? Well, beer is becoming, as we discussed, ever more localized, yep. and that's because people want that. And so... Um, we are local to Minnesota. We mm-hmm. are. We, we're right there. And uh, so we, we want to highlight that. We, we don't have a picture of Wisconsin on our, on our cans. We have a picture of Lake Superior. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Um, and uh, we all, all the breweries in the Twin Ports share the same water. And um, we, we feel we're really local to Minnesotans. Uh, we sell a bulk of our beer in Minnesota. And um, are there any regulations that, yeah. because you're in Wisconsin, are beneficial to you compared to what I know there's the 24,000 barrels uh, tap room exclusion that some people in Duluth are dealing with right. and you guys I don't think are there yet but that would be great if you were right. is there anything that's kind of advantageous being across the border well Wisconsin our uh, cap for self distribution is 300,000 barrels that's more mm, than 24,000 24, just in holy case crap. yeah, yeah. so there are a few rules that um Wisconsin traditionally has it's a it's a brewing state mm-hmm. uh 
Um, not until uh, early 2000s where uh, breweries always had been able to have a tap room and they could sell spirits and wine and other people's beer. And they did roll some of that back within the last uh, decade or so. Um, but, uh, you know, it's a, it's a great state to brew and it really is. And it's, we've, we found it really brewery friendly. And you're in both Minnesota and Wisconsin. Do you plan to go, or, or are you further outside of those two states now? We like being bi-state. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's our home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it makes it really uh, If you were to become a tri-state, which one would you try? <laughs> Did you like that one? <laughs> tri-state and try. Writing great quiz shows and making jokes. Okay, yeah. no, wait, well, let's, uh, no, okay, I'm going to piggyback on that. What about going north? What about Canada? Ooh. That's a whole ball it, of That is another thing. It's, it, <laughs> export, the export market is happening. They have great breweries in Thunder Bay as well. Um, I think we're really happy being a bi-state brewery sure. and, and just relating to those those folks in our in our home turf. Well, and it's commitment to quality, too. I mean, you don't want to all of a sudden just over-expand your reach because then all of a sudden quality takes a dip, and I know that that's obviously something that's very important to you. And it's getting, the regional brewers are... are they're not growing. They're, they're the, because of all these smaller brewers mm-hmm. that are opening up. Um, the bigger brewers are not able to penetrate as easily as they once did, and we're just happy to take New Glarus, like you guys brought up. They're uh, over 200,000 barrels a year, and they're only in Wisconsin. There's plenty of beer drinkers in your backyard as long as you are brewing for the people that that are your home, yeah. your, your people. That's, that's <laughs> Makes it cool. so much easier. You don't have to ship across the nation. You don't have to worry about quality issues. You don't have to worry about all of that. One of my favorite uh, things about Wisconsin beer versus Minnesota beer is that we have full-size crawlers. Oh, and they say, oh, we're, we're not going to make that again. You know, and and coming from both of our, our pub experience, mm-hmm. um, and I'm, I'm really glad that Tim has a pub experience, yeah. knowing that uh, not every beer is going to fit every beer drinker's style. They can't all be home runs. No. Yeah. Well, I mean, people are going to really, really love, like, a beer to guard. Mm-hmm. Um, if you like that style of beer but it's a challenging beer for you know an ipa drinker or a pale ale drinker um and that's what i love about beer is that there are so many flavor profiles out there i don't think that we've put out a beer that i would say no i mean it's just a miss Mm -hmm. um i would say that all of our beers are clean and solid but um Maybe not is not, not for as marketable, ev- not maybe. for every person. Sure, marketability is your your mm-hmm. big point there. I mean, there's trends that are happening that you can't really do anything as a brewery. You know, you can kind of follow your muse as far as what you want to do and and put your quality into it. But mm-hmm. you know, as far as selling out and and in a record amount of time or not, it's going to depend on what that drinker if, is. If that works. Yeah. You know. Do you have, have you seen, you know, many of the trends that we pick up in this show year after year after year, because we've met a lot of brewers, there's this incredible flight to really low ABV beer, ABV beer. Have you contemplated doing one of those or do you already have one in the books? Yeah, we have a four percenter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Is that is that low enough? Is that yeah. is that where we need to get? Well, I mean, it's Mike's looking for low. the twos. Yeah. I'm looking yeah. for a super low. Why don't you just have a banana? <laughs> there you go. I can have four ripe bananas. <laughs> All right. So uh, th- as I mentioned earlier, two tastings this weekend at Elevated per usual. It's a double beer show featured tasting featuring uh, Earth Rider Brewery, and this Friday from five to seven in South Minneapolis. This Saturday from three to five in Wiper Lake. You get to sample it for free, Tom. For free, it's the best deal. Absolutely, it is. And don't forget to download that Elevated app. Correct. If you want. 
fast delivery of great beer from yeah. Elevated. I mean, yeah. Uh, and Tim, give me the website <laughs> one more time. You're stupid. <laughs> Earthrider.beer. Awesome. Thank you so much for making the trip down we for really coming on. We really appreciate it. You yes, got it. Thank you. And continued success. Uh, it's been an honor. You thank got you. it. Uh, and Elevated at com and all the social media channels. Correct, sir? Elevated.shop. I like Earthrider.beer. You know, I like, like that, too. Elevated.shop. Nice you know, yes. We're getting into these URLs. that I like sense. getting out on time, so I'm cutting you <laughs> off right now. For Mike Fratelloni. Reavers, you're the best. Thank you. We'll talk to you again next week. If you missed any portion, download the podcast that you can find online at scorenorth.com and Podcast One for Reavers. No, I'm Reavers. For Fratelloni, I'm Reavers. We'll see you next week. Cheers.